0: Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as he is in the light. Now, let's turn our attention to God's Word.
1: it, friends, and welcome to today's Light Steps Live. As we continue in our fruitful disciples series, today's word of the day is life. In the middle of these thoughts about being an ambassador, enjoying relationships, in the middle of these thoughts about influence and the danger of a worldly culture, we want to keep at the center of all of these thoughts that what we are doing is joining in on the life of Jesus. So when it comes down to the life of Christ, we long to personify, we, we, we long to for his life to just be alive in our life to the point that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives within us. I want to start before we jump into some scripture with a bit of a personal testimony. Um, I I know like I've looked up the word personify and um, I like the definition to represent or embody a quality, a concept in physical form. In other words, I like to use that word in relation to I would like to be the sort of person who the spirit is using and I'm abiding in Jesus to the point that when I'm going to meet someone, it's not that I'm Jesus, but that Jesus is I'm abiding in Jesus. In him, we move and have our being. I'm abiding in Jesus. He's in me. So when I go to meet someone or I go to deal with someone, I know Jesus is going along and I want to let Jesus be in charge of that moment. I want to let Jesus, I want to actually, you know, go back to some thoughts from a couple of weeks ago on influence. I actually want Jesus to be doing the influencing in that moment. So, so let me start out with a, with a, with a bit of a, a personal testimony. When I came to the Lord, what I was pretty sure of is that I knew how to sin like an expert. I had that part down pat. I knew I I had a list. I had several categories. I had a list of lists of things that if somehow my life could or would change, this, this is a bunch of what I won't do. I I won't do this and I won't do that. But I didn't, you know, I didn't always know what to do. I began to search the scriptures because I knew that the scriptures were there. I also, secondly, and this goes all the way back to the introduction, I also knew that, man, I, I don't have the power to do these things. When I do recognize what is good, when when God gives me revelation to what's good and I get the right ontic referent to it. In other words, I'm I'm seeing that if it's good, it came from God. If it's good, it's of God. When I get the right reference to good, I'm suddenly saying I'm not good and I don't have the power to be good, even once I've recognized what good is. And so, man, I, I, I felt simultaneously powerful and powerless. In other words, I felt powerless in and of myself, but I felt powerful because in this covenant relationship with God in this promise to abide with me and this promise to never leave or forsake me in this promise of the Holy Spirit giving me freedom from bondage and power to uh, do a new life to to have the will and the want and the power to do a new life. I felt powerful, so powerless in and of myself, powerful because of the Lord. Just a bit of a personal testimony. If you were to look at John chapter 17, um, and um, you know, we could we could we could get into all kinds of stuff, but I just want to hone in on verse number three. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they know you and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So we often think of eternal life being a place you go to. Um, we, we think of eternal life as heaven or, or eternal life is something that comes later. But the Bible says eternal life is, is knowing God and knowing Jesus. That's, that's what the Bible says right there. The next verse says, Jesus is speaking. Here, he says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. In other words, Jesus saying, I, you know, I came and accomplished the mission of enabling mankind to be connected in a real and tangible way to eternal life. Eternal life is knowing you. People were separated from you, caught in the snare of Satan, weak and powerless in the face of the flesh, dead in our and our trespassed in sins, separated from the living God. Jesus came. He paid the debt of sin, defeated the enemy of death. Okay, he made forgiveness with God possible, and now people really can know God because of Jesus. See, and that's life. And when it comes to being a fruitful disciple, what we're really looking for is life. We're looking for life, and as Jesus would say in John ten, life and life to the full, full life, really knowing God. And so, uh, in the idea in this in this series of this fruitful disciple series, learning to be more and more in tune with what, it's, what it means to follow Jesus and bear fruit out of that relationship of following Jesus, his life is really critical. It's really critical. So let me give you four thoughts today. They're really simple. They're simple to understand, and they consume all of our lives to apply. They're simple to understand, and they consume all of our lives to apply. They're simple to understand and they consume all of our lives to apply. I feel like saying that one more time but I'm not. Thought number one, we must know him. <laughs> you, won't, you, you won't recognize the life of a Christ you don't know. You, you won't relate to the life of a Christ you don't know. You will not personify the life of a Christ you don't know you know people will tell me you know God loves everybody and that's true but they don't really know what they're talking about I'm just giving you this as an example Um, they often people say God loves everyone and they're saying in a way to mean like it doesn't matter what we do Uh, that doesn't matter to God sin doesn't matter to God he loves us the truth is God loved everyone so much that he sent his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believes in him will not die, but will have everlasting life. But what did he send his son to do? He hated sin so much that he sent his son to slay his son. Think about what I'm saying, folks. He does love everyone. How did he show the love? He sent his son to the cross. But just by way of example, right? People people will say stuff and, and they'll say like, well, you know, Jesus loved everyone doesn't mean to say he accepts everyone. It's just not true. He will accept those who come to him, but it doesn't mean he accepts all the behavior of those who come to him. Think about what I'm saying. So one A is we've got to know him. we got to know him personally. And, and that's the challenge of some people. Um, they, they, they're they not bearing fruit because they don't know the The vine. They don't don't know the one that 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 can enable us to bear fruit. But one B is also we must know Him. Um, I mean, excuse me, know it. We must know His life. One A is we know Him. One B is we know His life. So uh, the example I would give here, I love to give this example, is it's like a forensic investigator. Um, if we were to walk into a crime scene, we would just see the carnage or whatever. But a forensic guy begins to look at every little detail. I, I was amazed one time to you know, watch a guy walk into a room. This is on a television show. It was on the first 48. And immediately they looked at the blood spatter and said the shooter was standing over there. I, all I saw was blood splatter, splatter. And to be honest, it sort of looked like, you know, it could have been anything. To me, wine uh, uh, could have been a bit of a, uh, uh, chocolate something I don't know right but they knew it was blood and they knew and, and as they laid out the crime scene it, it 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 was true because of their experience with forensic investigation they could speak on the accuracy of what was unseen you know they, they didn't see the crime happen but on forensic evidence they could see how the crime happened A lot of of people don't know Jesus' life. So they label things as something that, you know, Jesus would say or do or, or, or approve of when it's actually something he would never say, something he would never do, something he would never approve of. And then likewise, not just in the negative, right? They don't know to go do such and such because they don't know that that's exactly what Jesus would want us to go and do. And so 1A, know him. 1B, know his life. Number two, we must walk in the spirit. There, there's a there's several places we could go here, but I I think of Galatians 5. And in Galatians 5, uh, not walking in the spirit, what naturally happens is, you know, the fruit of the flesh. Everybody is pretty familiar with the passage. It says, um, you know, the fruits of the spirit, right? The fruit of the spirit, singular fruit of the spirit. But do you know, before that's a list of the fruit of the flesh? Galatians 5 16 says, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. See, a, a believer is, is given a new desire and then the flesh is warring against that new desire. So we need to walk in the spirit. And he goes on to say, if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. That's Galatians 5, 18, 5, 19 begins that list. And this is not a comprehensive list, but it just says, now the works of the flesh are evident, idolatry, sorcery, enmity strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. In other words, that's a, that's a natural result of the flesh. But then the natural result of the spirit is kindness, goodness, faithfulness, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. And he says against such there's no law. In other words, there's 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 no regulation saying you can only do this much of this you in other words you can you can do all those things to the to the max of heaven degree okay so walking in the spirit is really critical do I have time to unfold all that no but i want to say if we're gonna personify his life um, being surrendered into the spirit is really critical number three We must understand the will of the Lord. Uh, I, I love that passage in Ephesians chapter number five. I'll start at verse 15, but I want to focus on verse 17. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay. So don't be drunk with wine. Verse 18 says, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. All right. When it comes to life, Christ got to understand what, what would, what would God have us living for? What would God have us doing? What would God have us doing in this evil age? What it's not do what we want to do and hope God approves It's Go do what God is already blessing because we know he's blessing that. When it comes to the life of Christ, we must personify. Got to know him, got to know his life, got to know Jesus, got to know Jesus' life, got to walk in the spirit. We got to understand what the will of the Lord is. <clears throat> we can't simply do what we want to do and, and hope God rubber stamps his approval on that. Um, we got to get real about this. Find out what the will of the Lord is and do that. Understand the times we are li- living in and live in, r- in response to God, not, not just response to the times or not just... Don't don't recreate in the times. Respond to God in the times. And then fourthly, back to the original thought. Just abiding. You, know, you can turn and look at John 15. There's a process there. There's a book by uh, Bruce Wilkerson that would really help, help us in our thinking, Secrets of the Vine. And, you know, he just, he approaches a couple words in there differently than a lot of other people. But my point is, What Bruce Wilkinson sees is like if you're bearing no fruit, he wants you to bear some fruit. If you're bearing some fruit, he wants you to bear more fruit. If you're bearing more fruit, he wants you to bear much fruit. And all that's only possible as we abide, as we dwell in Jesus, as we find shelter, safety, security in Jesus, as we find in Jesus the place where we get our identity, the place where we get our marching orders, we, we literally must abide in the Lord. Um, I want to close by going back to, to John 17. Um, here again, we could go all over the scriptures. The, the point is, is simple, though. When it comes to the life of Christ, we, we must personify. We want his life. His life is eternal life. Knowing God, knowing Jesus is eternal life. And knowing him is the promise and the reality of that life, but it's also the pathway to abundance in him. And no, I do not mean an abundance of stuff. I mean an abundance of Christ. In that way, I am a prosperity preacher. I want everyone to have God's riches in Christ Jesus (laughs) because the riches of God in Christ Jesus are Christ Jesus Hebrews chapter eleven says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What's the reward? It's him. It's him. He's life. He's the reward. So as a fruitful disciple who's influencing others, as a fruitful disciple who's attempting to embrace the holy things while avoiding danger. As a fruitful disciple who wants to be a coin in God's hand, spent by him. As a fruitful disciple who understands I'm an ambassador sent out by the king. As a fruitful disciple who understands I'm gonna suffer in the face of this life God has given me. As a fruitful disciple who understands Christ's likeness is God's goal in relationship with him. I understand that what he is calling me to is to let my life be taken over by the life of Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me, I began with a bit of a testimony. Let me end with a bit of a testimony. Often, I, I have not recognized what I'm getting ready to describe, and I've sort of fought it blindly, but sometimes I recognize that God is calling me to grow. And in calling me to grow, I realize he's calling me to lay aside some things that are very much me you know, to lay me down, to deny myself. And just looking ahead at that, it drives me nuts. I, I, I don't want, I don't want to give me up. But then again, when I look back in the areas of my life where God has moved and worked and I've lost me and gained him, I'm always glad that I've lost me. So looking ahead at losing me is always fretful. Looking back at losing me is always an area of praise. To take on the life of Jesus, we got to know Jesus. We got to know his life. We got to walk in the spirit. We got to seek to understand what the will of the Lord is. And we have to abide in Christ. And we will lose ourselves. And it is fretful looking at it, but it is wonderful looking back at it. Thank you guys for listening today to Life Steps Live. I look forward to being with you again soon.
0: Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at BanjoBenClark.com. This episode is sponsored by the Light Steps devotional series. Would you like to have Light Steps in print or on your digital reader? Tim Bowes has written three devotionals, Light Steps, More Light Steps, and Steps on the Roman Road. These titles can be found in print at the My Life Matters office or in digital format via Amazon. Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club.